It's 10.45. You're listening to SAFM. So uh, we're continuing this morning with uh, uh, the conversation about how corporate South Africa can help end the scourge of gender-based violence in our country. Marcel Koth is the coordinator of the Anglo-American Living with Dignity Initiatives. And she says um, the failure uh, to, or he says rather, uh, the failure to address uh, problems, the very problem that leads to violence in the first place, uh, is hampering efforts uh, to end violence against women. Koth joins us on the line and emphasizes that making boys and men be part of the solution is important. Good morning, Marcel. Uh, thank you for joining us. Tell me how you even got to this. Good morning, KG, and good morning to your listeners. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, when you ask how did we get there, it's really... There's, you know, when we when we go to the doctor, there's uh, various things that the doctor would do. The one is treating the symptoms. The other one is looking at where they come from. And whilst treating the symptoms is is important, we also, as far as violence and gender-based violence are concerned, need to really understand where these come from, so that ultimately we can transform the the harmful social norms that that lead to it. And that's when we launched our Living with Dignity framework uh, two years ago, that's exactly what we set out to do. So that ultimately everybody in our environment, in our workplace, in our communities, will feel safe at home, at school, in their communities, or at work. And that, we believe, only happens when we do address the harmful norms, values, and behaviors that ultimately lead to to violence, as difficult uh, a task as it may seem. Yeah, seven women a day, that's a big number. Uh, Seven women a day uh, in South Africa get killed uh, from uh, gender-based violence. Uh, Let's deal with the issue of these harmful social norms. Do we know which social norms are these that are this harmful, that lead uh, to the deaths of seven women a day in our country? Yeah, because, um, you know, we, we are all socialized. The good, the good news is, first of all, that these norms are, you know, what we are socialized with, which also means we can make a change. Um, but, of course, it's difficult, and it needs very careful dialogue around, you know, how do we raise boys? What are the kind of messages we we send boys. What do we do when when we deal with conflict in the family? What do we model when we are angry or upset? So these are the kind of norms that we need to understand and engage with. You've just mentioned a horrible statistic. I want to give another horrible statistic, and that is that about four or five suicides in South Africa, just a little bit less than four or five suicides, actually committed by men. Um, which in turn also means that there's something about men dealing with their own struggles, addressing their own struggles in, in a way that is not self-destructive um, or destructive towards others. So violence can be addressed to others. It can also be um, addressed to me. So those are the kind of norms that we would like to turn around. And the, the positive angle of that is often referred to as positive masculinity. So that's really where we see a long-term shift in in the norms and ultimately the behavior that we bring to to 
to the table. Where do we even begin where communities are concerned? Because the one thing that we know for sure is every time the Minister of uh, Police releases statistics uh, on the killing of women, on uh, issues of gender-based violence in our country, the numbers never go south. They're definitely Mm. always going up, almost as if it's a consistent community norm for women to get killed. Uh, It's what Mm. we're used to. It's almost like we're socialized now to it to an extent where we don't or hardly ever get alarmed anymore. We get alarmed because we hear of a gruesome type of killing uh, and we forget about it and move on until we hear of another mm-hmm. one, until we hear of another one. In fact, in an average year, there's many numbers of gruesome killings that we open our television sets and hear about, but we move on. You know, we don't even remember mm-hmm. the one from uh, last year. So where do we begin? Where do we begin yeah. in communities to say what you've considered normal and almost acceptable, right, up until Mm. now, is actually not. And this is how you redefine yourselves to, you know, be alarmed around something like this happening because actually it's not normal. Mm. Thank you, KG. You know, we've just spoken about numbers and I always shy away talking about these statistics because actually every one of those statistics stands for a life and stands for... A family. Stands for someone who was loved. Yeah. Mm, Exactly. So, but but the numbers are important in a sense that we need to understand the the scale of the problem. And your question was, where do we even start? You know, the the core is that no one can do it alone. And we've long realized that. You know, there's a lot of community-based organizations and NGOs. We've got the, the National Strategic Plan. But everywhere, and that includes us as a company, as Anglo-American, we've long realized that we need to build very strong partnerships. And, of course, these partnerships need to be uh, not only accepting the problem as a problem, but we also need to agree on how do we move forward. So in terms of partnerships, we've, we've built partnerships on the ground with communities and CDOs in the operations um, where we operate. Um, But we've also built partnerships with our unions where we've put together um, basically a manifesto on how we believe across the sector we can address the scourge of gender-based violence. We also operate with other role players in the sector through the Minerals Council, but also beyond through the National Business Initiative and at a global scale as we are a globally operating company. But when I say no one can do it alone, There's also a call to action here for every one of us. We are entering the the festive season. We'll be, you know, spending time with family that we hardly ever see if Omicron doesn't doesn't mess with those plans, with friends, with mates. And we will hear and we will see, um, you know, those norms and behaviors that we've spoken about at the beginning of the conversation. We will see those in action. So there's a call for each one of us here that we can start making a difference in those conversations around the fire or around the table or wherever we are. So when we do hear someone making sexist remarks or someone saying her skirt was too short or, you know, she shouldn't have answered like that to me, then there is a role that each one of us can play and respond to that. Um, When someone says, you know, boys don't cry, 
to your nephew? You know, do you stand up and say, look, there's another way of doing this? So as much as we know no one can do it alone, we also shouldn't be overwhelmed by the, by the scale and the complexity of the problem because you and I, KG, we can do something today um, that actually starts the conversations and starts shifting those norms. It shouldn't need a Marcel to come into a community of traditional leaders to have this dialogue. It should come from within that community. It shouldn't need a Marcel to come to your church to speak to your church. It should come from within that church. Sure. So that's a call to action for each one of us, including you and I, KG. Yeah, it's it's a you know I say sure because it's a mammoth task, right? I live in mm. the same country where last week there's a there was a big a big furor around uh, you know a celebrity that claimed to have smashed a woman, and mm. you know everybody was 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 talking a lot about it. But what I take away from that experience just last week alone, uh, because I don't want to talk about what happened during the course of the year as well. Uh, is the fact that both men and women, right, some were condoning uh, that level of violence that was perpetrated to a woman, both men and women. Mm. So you saying mm. in your campaign, right, uh, you, you, you've dubbed your campaign, I'm, I'm possible. Or, or mm. am, I, am, I, am I saying it correctly? Yes, I'm possible. that's correct. And, and what I found fascinating is that you're saying in your campaign you want to engage. You want to engage perpetrators. You want to engage victims. You want to engage bystanders. You want mm. to engage communities who we've largely focused our discussion around uh, today. Where do you start talking to the perpetrators? And what do you say to them? Because they're comfortable in their space of perpetrating violence. Mm. Yeah. So here we often speak about intergenerational violence because ultimately I do as I'm being taught, right? I do as I'm being being modeled to. Mm. And we as know I see. that changing sorry, Katie. I do as I see. Mm, yes. And we know, all of us as as grown ups, we know that shifting and changing these things is much harder when we are adults and Forms and behaviors are embedded. So one aspect is to really start at a young age. So I mentioned earlier on, you know, when someone says to your nephew, um, boys don't cry, that's part of where we start. But of course, that doesn't take away from, you know, grown-ups who may be struggling with the use of violence. And, um, you know, one of the approaches we say there is we want to be there for you too. We don't want to point fingers and blame. We want you to take responsibility for your behavior and start the journey. And if you're, if you're journeying, um, you know, seriously and you really want to change, then we are there to, to, move, that, to move along um, with you. And if you fail, please do come back and say, I've tried and I've failed. I want to try again. So I think that's, that's part of what our campaign wants to achieve when you say we, we're reaching out to all parties mm. um, to also, you know, better understand not only those who survive violence on the receiving end, but also those who struggle with the use of violence. Mm. Of course, provided that they are ready to take responsibility for their behavior and, you know, that they are ready to start the journey to to um, 
you know, to stop the use of violence. Yeah, there has to be a willingness. Uh, you say you have partners. Uh, you've entered into partnerships with uh, uh, organizations. What organizations are these? Yeah, so when we speak about GBV, we often speak about the response side and the prevention side. So on the response side, um, following the launch of our um, Living with Dignity framework at the end of 2019, of course, we had uh, lockdowns here as elsewhere in the world. So we focused heavily um, in 2020 on strengthening the response side. So there's various partnerships, including with the National Shelter Movement. But as I've mentioned earlier on, we also reached out to shelters and other NGOs and CBOs around our operations and uh, often built partnerships there. Uh, Now we are at a point we are kind of recalibrating and moving stronger into the prevention side. And we are just in the process of contracting a group of organizations. um, And you, you hear me saying we are in the process of. So... Unfortunately, I'm not going to mention any names, but a group of organizations that have experience both in terms of understanding um, these issues, but also hands-on work in communities. And these are seven organizations that have worked across the country Mm. who will help us, um, you know, move into communities and have the kind of dialogues I mentioned earlier on. Yeah. with relevant partners. For me, the most important part of our conversation is uh, the inclusion of young boys. I want to know where you're going to source uh, the young boys that uh, you're wanting uh, to start conversations with mm-hmm. uh, and, and mm-hmm. men, because at the heart of, of, of this is the fact that you believe they are, are going to be big in terms of driving the change that we need in GBV. Mm. Yeah. They really are, but so are those who actually raise those boys, right? Whether mm. that's at schools, whether that's in, in creches, preschools, and of course in households and churches and faith communities. Um, so when I speak about boys, and well, when I speak about boys, I'm also speaking about all those who socialize boys, right? Which yeah. is all of us, yeah. <laughs> you and me and everybody else. Definitely. Um, models. Mm. But coming back to, to, you know, to the kind of direct work with boys that you are asking about. So we, all our work um, globally in Anglo-American is guided through our sustainable mining plan. And one of our aims in the sustainable mining plan is to build thriving communities in the areas in which we um, operate. And within this thriving communities portfolio, we, we have ongoing work in health, education and livelihoods. So let me just pick education, or let me just pick livelihoods and socioeconomic development as an example, where we run entrepreneurship programs, employability programs with young men and young women. But as we have access to those young men and young women, um, you know, over a period of six or nine months, you know, it would be, we would fail this course that we are discussing here today, KG, if we were not also engaging these young men and women on issues around gender norms, on issues around relationship, on issues around conflict resolution, on issues around parenting. Um, So that's one avenue where we have access. Another one is through schools. We work with 109 um, schools across the country, and we now have about a similar number of ECD centers, early childhood development centers. So... 
we are not short, if you like, um, in terms of access to young women and young men and boys and girls. Yeah. I unfortunately myself have to leave it here, but I think it's it's quite fascinating because it's a different approach uh, to a problem that keeps recurring. Uh, and uh, clearly the current solutions on the table are not necessarily yielding any results, uh, but I'm sure we'll talk again uh, one day in the future. <laughs> Marcel Koth, coordinator of Anglo-Americans Living with Dignity Initiatives. It's 11.01 and Musa standing by with the news.